Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 224. An authoritarian paradigm is not natural. This is not how somebody would parent if they were away from society on an island and gave birth. They would, they would parent this way, the way that I promote. It's natural. It's instinctual. It makes more sense. It's kinder. It's more loving. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Dana Martin. Dana has been inspiring others for over a decade by sharing her experience through natural birth, attachment, parenting, and unschooling. She's an activist, educator, and author of Radical Unschooling with the subtitle, A Revolution Has Begun, and her newest book, Sexy Birth. Dana is also a speaker, peaceful parenting coach, doula, midwife, anarchist, and raw vegan chef and owner of the raw vegan business, uh, Rockstars. Dana has been featured on the Dr. Phil show, CNN, Nightline, the Jeff Probst show, ABC hit show, Wife Swap, Fox News, 60 Minutes, and the Bethany show. She was used as an informational resource for unschooling stories on the Discovery Channel, the Today Show, and Our America on the OWN Network and the Oprah Winfrey Show. She travels the world as the unnanny, helping families change their lives by changing their parenting paradigm. That's what we're going to talk about. Awesome. And bringing more peace and connection to their lives with their children. Dana is a featured speaker at the major parenting and educational conferences worldwide. Dana also recorded and uploaded the very first video ever on YouTube about unschooling and peaceful parenting. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wow, that was quite a quite a bio. <laughs> I love all long. of it. It's going to be really fun to talk to you. She's a, as you can tell, she's an extremely busy person, but I'm so excited to have her here and to hear more about her books and her educational parenting and advocacy. Um, however, before we get into any of that, can you please tell our audience maybe a little bit more about yourself? Sure, sure. I'm a mother of four, first and foremost. My kids are 10, 13, 16, and 18, two boys and two girls. My kids have never been to school. They've always lived this life of radical unschooling. I love to spend my time facilitating my kids' interests and their learning, and we travel a lot, so that's really beneficial for their learning and education and connecting with people. So, you know, giving us some background, I would love to hear maybe more of what led you to this life's mission and message. Was this how you were raised or is this something that you've come to on your own? I definitely wasn't raised this way. I was raised pretty traditionally. But when I was pregnant with my first child, my son, Devin, who's 18 now, he's almost 19, which I can't believe how fast time goes. Yeah, I I gave birth to him and I had a natural birth, which was something I I never thought I could do. It was mind blowing to me that I could bring forth life without drugs and without fear. It was really beautiful. I gave birth to him in a hospital with a midwife who was really supportive. And uh, the the turning point for me in walking this path was when I gave birth to Devin. Some nurses came into the room afterward after he was nursing and was semi-settled. And they turned the television on and the Columbine shootings were happening live. Oh, wow. So he was born, he was born on Columbine within hours before. And so seeing that was really, I can't even put into words how profound it was because it was very scary to see. I, for one, I can't believe TV shows such horrible things live like that. It was unbelievable to be see, to see kids being hurt and jumping out of windows and mothers crying. And here I am holding my newborn, looking down at him. And this thought struck me. I wondered how many parents and kids that day before they went to school, would have preferred to stay home together. How many of them felt as though they had no choice and they had to go do what they were told to do and, and the child was forced to go to school? And I, and I thought to myself that I never want to live that life. And, and not that I didn't want my kids to go to school because I was afraid of them getting shot. This wasn't a fear-based, fear-based decision. 
what it was instead was a decision of children's rights and children's freedoms and children's choice. So to me, it was really important that my children always had the choice to attend school or not. And they always have. They've always had that choice. They've never chosen to go, which I think has to do with the parenting style that goes hand in hand with this particular type of homeschooling method, unschooling and radical unschooling. It extends into every area of your life. So we peacefully parent, meaning our kids have never been in an authoritarian paradigm. They've never been punished and threatened or any of the traditional things that people use to control children. And so because my kids have always been free and they've always been trusted, going into a dynamic of an institutionalized education just was never anything that appealed to them. So here we are. I've raised one whole one one whole child this way. <laughs> he, he made it. He lived through it all, and he's an amazing human. Uh, then I have a daughter who's sixteen, and she's she's almost there, but almost almost to the end, which I can't believe that she's almost going to be eighteen in a year and a half. That's but crazy. yeah, so that's that's what started me on this path for sure, and and just parenting naturally. I always co-slept and. I was a La Leche League leader for many, many years. I was a childbirth educator, a doula, later a midwife. To me, this was a natural extension of everything I had done from the beginning with my kids, from natural birth to uh, a more attachment-style parenting approach. So this is, to me, radical unschooling is an extension of attachment parenting. Wow. Well, and my oldest son, actually, I mean, he was probably just a tiny bit older than your first child. But I remember Colin Bine too. And I, I don't, um, I wish I would have thought of those things about school. I think I was more worried about, you know, guns and stuff. And so I was trying to always make sure he, I was actually trying to control him more than I should have at that point. And so I, I just really admire you how you could come to this very emotionally mature, articulate way of thinking. But it's taken me, you know, 19, 20 years to kind of come to this. Was yours, I mean, just, do you feel like um, maybe being uh, the doula? The the, yeah. 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 The Those types of leader. I mean, I know a lot of people that are in that are connected to the peaceful parenting world quicker. Did that help with that? or Or did you read books? And what was the you know, the premise for that? Well, learning happens when you're internally motivated and you're really on fire about something. So from the moment Devin was born, well, from the moment I was pregnant with him, I started researching like crazy about natural birth and parenting. And that that was just my passion and it extended into every area of my life. And so after he was born, it was kind of the same thing. And so it was through research, really. Um, I didn't know that there was a name for what I really envisioned doing. And then I saw the label unschooling and it just really resonated with me. And so that's kind of the direction that we went. So we've never done anything different ever with any of the kids. This is how I've lived my life from the beginning with my children, which is pretty rare. I've, I've yeah. come to realize I've come to realize this. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it was really natural, especially back 19 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, homeschooling. I mean, and that's what people thought of when they thought of somebody that didn't go to school is that there's the homeschooling, there's kind of this religious right type of attitude. And I think unschooling goes the other way. You know, like I I never heard of unschooling till I was several years into homeschooling. Maybe I wasn't (laughs) researching like I should have been. But definitely, I think you yeah, you came to it much earlier, which makes you a wonderful mentor. Because like I said, a lot of us are paradigm shifts happen so much slower. So I would love to hear how you feel like, um, you know, we mentioned in your bio that you were an anarchist, which I find really uh, fascinating because I think it goes really well with the unschooling mindset. But I'd like you to share with us maybe some myths that you want to correct about (laughs) unschooling and anarchy. You know, do we do we really think people can peacefully organize themselves? Oh, definitely. Well, people always say to me when I'm on a television interview on a talk show or in an interview with a more mainstream kind of approach, they always ask, how can kids live without rules? How could you live your life without rules for your children? And it's interesting because when you have rules, you you need to enforce enforce punishment. It's an authoritarian dynamic. And so when you don't have rules and you live by principles instead, there's no, there's no uh, punishment. There's nothing to enforce. And people think that without rules, life would be chaotic. But to me, rules are a replacement for being there, for being present and they're not safe because you can't give a rule to a child and expect them to obey and put your need for obedience above their own need to explore and grow and expand. It's just, it just doesn't work. That paradigm does not work at all. In fact, it's extremely damaging 
to the child to the parent-child relationship on many, many levels. And it's modeling that, that uh, power rules. And the interesting thing is here is that we are we were trained, we are trained to train our children. Mm-hmm. That an authoritarian paradigm is not natural. This is not how a mainstream approach is not how somebody would parent. If they were away from society on an island and gave birth, they would they would parent this way, the way that I promote. It's natural, it's instinctual, it makes more sense, it's kinder, it's more loving. But we're told not to do that. And there, there is an overall intention and underlying reason why, because it makes it easier if we can train parents to train kids and to really distance them from their connection with their kids and to control them. Kids just get used to being controlled and they so much more easier slip into a dynamic such as our, our country is in right now with the government. So anarchy is an extension to me of this type of lifestyle. People could say, how could you live without laws? Who would build the roads? I mean, all of these <laughs> things. <laughs> Those <are> the, <laughs> um, but in the same way that this life works, and it works amazingly well, it's a lot more work. It's a lot more dedication. It's a lot more focused and caring about everybody's needs equally and finding peaceful solutions. To me, rules are really kind of lazy and laws are also that way to me that it's it's easy to control another human it is it's not joyful it's miserable tons of side effects but when we work together as groups of individuals and trust each other people can self-govern they can organize it's obviously going to be a very long time i think before that really unfolds but it's a it's a great beautiful vision and it's something that anarchists all hold true and there's different just like there's different types of homeschooling, there's a lot of different kind of types and branches of anarchism. I um, I didn't even know I was an anarchist, actually, until about 2011. And I was asked to be on a show uh, interview. I do interviews all the time, several a week, almost every day, usually. <laughs> so I, I, I say yes to every single one of them. And I, and I want to get the word out there. And this is my passion. But I was on a show with a hugely famous anarchist at the time. And I didn't know that's who he was. And all of a sudden, I, I get thousands of friend requests, and I'm like, wow, this guy must have been a really big deal. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Then I was asked on a lot of other anarchist shows, and I found out that, hey, I'm an anarchist. <laughs> it makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. And so I really encourage you to, to research, anyone listening, to learn more what anarchism really is, because people think it's chaos, and they picture people in the streets wearing all black, throwing mob top cocktails at each other. And that's actually the propaganda, kind of government propaganda mindset that they want you to believe, which sounds like total conspiracy theorists. Like, I, I never, I never <laughs> want to sound like you. Those. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the truth is, I've never met in my life more peaceful, loving human beings that care about peace and freedom as anarchists. In fact, it is, it's my tribe, it's my people. I, I love, love being around other anarchists. In fact, I'm, uh, I've spoken at the world's biggest anarchist event since its inception four years ago, it just ended actually. It's called Anarcapulco and it happens in Acapulco, Mexico every year in February usually. And I'm involved in it pretty, pretty highly. I run a free your family camp and I think uh, 1500 people attended this year from all over the world. And next year it's projected that 3000 people are going to come. So there's all kinds of information. Um, I run uh, unschooling and different aspects of peaceful parenting there. So I encourage you to check it out. If you want to learn more, but yeah, that's, that's the myths about anarchism. I mean, there's just as many as the myths of anything else, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, a lot of times the laws and the rules create, uh, you know, that force, it does create, they take in the opposite effect, I guess. Like you have the rules and the laws and stuff, and you're always going to have pushback against that. I think it's just human nature to, push back um, to have that rebellious spirit, maybe that, you know, whenever we're giving uh, given an assignment or told to drive a certain speed or told to do this or that by society, there is some sort of pushback um, against that. And so I think I think you're right in the fact that sometimes when we don't set the rules and we live by principles instead, we create more peace than when there's rules, because, you know, that's a natural tendency to to push back against authority. Right. Like exactly. Exactly. And it's it's so much more than that, too. I mean, it's about taxes. Taxation is theft yeah. and getting our money stolen from us that we're, we're earning that money and, and to have it still. We have no choice. We will be put in, in a cage if we don't give the government money, which is completely so wrong and so immoral. And I think people here, they're told they're brainwashed to think that, oh, this is necessary for 
this, this, and this, who will build the roads, who will do this. But, but those things do happen. They will happen. They happen in societies where it's not forced and where taxes and money aren't stolen from people. So there's just a lot of unbrainwashing that has to happen for people to really wrap their heads around the concept. Yeah. But I think once you learn about it and you learn that people really aren't free at all and that we're really kept, there, there's some really great videos out there that are really basic on the concept. And I'd love to encourage you to do a search for one of them is called, it's Larkin Rose is the mm-hmm. creator of these videos. And one of them is called The Jones Plantation. And if you watch that, I think it's like a six minute video. It'll blow your mind with how incredible it is. It opens your eyes to the fact that we really don't have choice, that we're treated so disrespectfully and so immorally and we're controlled so much to think that we have choice. It's so ridiculous. And we go and elect somebody that we're, we're slaves, just electing what they're telling us to elect. Like we, we never have to do that. Do you know how can how wrong that is. We don't need any of that, but we think that we're involved in all of these decisions when we're not. So anyway, I could go on and on about anarchism, but this is an education show. So let's dive into the next concept <laughs> yeah, exactly. you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just something. It's kind of a, a sideline passion of mine that I like to study. Yeah. So that's awesome. You should really look into going to Anarchapulco, seriously, because you could bring your show and interview so many people while you're there for yeah. your show. People do that all the time. There's like, dozens of different podcasts if not a hundred I don't even know there was so many different places <laughs> interviewing people so That's awesome. I think you'd really enjoy it <laughs> well and I'd love to hear kind of like your activism for you know you're an educator and an, and an activist on radical homeschooling I want to hear like the inspiration behind like your first book and why you decided to write it I mean of course you've been on I've, I've read a huge list of of shows and different things that you've been on. Is that the premise of the book or what was the, what was the inspiration? No, no. The inspiration behind the book was, well, it's funny because we could, before Facebook, there were Yahoo groups. I don't know if you remember way back when there yeah. were Yahoo groups. Yeah. Well, I, I ran a, a radical unschooling Yahoo group um, that was very active and I used to post all the time and, and write to people and respond and help them. I decided to turn all that writing into a book. So um, it would be easier, easy, easier access, but it's been added to and edited and revised so many times where so much has been added. I think there's, it's on the fourth edition or something, but the inspiration was just to help people. There wasn't a book out at the time that had anything like it, that, that had any content like it at all. And I, I really just wanted to um, help people, help them understand. So it's written really basically, almost like a, a very, very basic primer for what this life is. It was written um, in 2009. So my kids were a lot younger. My oldest, I think, was nine at the time. So it focuses on the transition from attachment parenting to radical unschooling by giving examples. And I I have run a blog. It's actually retired now, but I ran a blog called The Sparkling Martins for about 11 years. And there was a, a lot of parts from that blog, a lot of stories that people really liked that gave really good examples and how children learn that are in the book. So It was just kind of a, a hub where I could take everything I really ever had done at the time before 2009 and put it all in one place. And, and that's what happened. And the book became really successful. And uh, a lot of a, a lot of opportunities came after that time. So that's I'm really cool. grateful, grateful that I somehow wrote it with four little kids. I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> that's great. I, it's like a blur. It's a total blur. I think that's the premise behind that peaceful parenting and the unschooling. You were modeling that for them instead of, you know, forcing them to do something like that and not taking that on yourself. So that's right. great. Um, what do you feel like maybe are some common struggles, you know, as you've talked to people about unschooling and gentle parenting and those types of things, common struggles that you hear with people dealing with their children on a daily basis? You know, how do we de-school our current um, parenting practices to move more to this gentle parenting? It's a tough one. It, it Like when you're raised in an authoritarian thing, it's really hard to come to this gentle parenting. Yeah, I would definitely say first and foremost, let go of the whole idea and the concept that we need to modify, control, and manipulate children's behavior, and that we need to for- focus on obedience and compliance, because those are meeting the needs of the parents only and are not taking into account at all the needs of the children. And when we ignore children's needs and we, we model that only our needs matter, this is what we model to them, and this is what breeds narcissism, which is so prevalent. It's like a virus in our culture, narcissism. And so I truly believe the root of narcissism is the traditional parenting approach, the authoritarian approach. Because when you take the time to focus on the needs under your children's behavior, 
and you don't focus on the behavior. I mean, obviously, if it's violent and damaging, you need to keep everybody safe and involved. But um, focusing on the needs as to why kids are being the way they are and help them become their partner in life. Don't become the wall between them and their desires and always get in these power struggles, you versus them. Instead, help them. Help them get what they want in life. Connect with them. That's what we're here for is for them to be able to trust us. So focusing on the needs under the behavior and caring about them. Models for children that everybody's needs matter equally. Now that is a huge, huge thing that a lot of people don't understand and, and they don't take children's rights seriously at all, that, that children matter just as much as adults when it comes to these things. And mm -hmm. so people wonder why children's behavior is out of control and why they're so frustrated and why they're so depressed and why there's so much rebellion and, and fighting and Truthfully, it's excruciatingly frustrating for a child to be trying to communicate something and be so frustrated that and nobody's listening. Nobody cares except how you're acting and how you're telling it and your behavior. It, it's so terrible. And if you put yourself in, in your child's shoes, I mean, how many, how many times have we been so upset about something and trying to communicate with somebody? Can you imagine how demeaning it would be to not be heard and to have your partner say to you, um, I don't like the way you're saying that? I don't like the way you're talking to me right now. I, I don't like the way it sounds. Calm down. Go sit in time out. And then you can, when you calm down, then you can tell me. I mean, I can't even fathom the level of frustration that that must be for a child to have that focused on all the time. So to me, that's the number one thing. The other, the other really important part is that we're raised in a culture that there's so much religion, religious uh, tradition in parenting. Now, I'm not criticizing whatever somebody else believes. I'm just sharing historically. There's so much religious dogma in parenting that's deep, deep rooted, which believes that children are born bad, that humans are born bad, and we need to mold them to be good, that we assume negative intent from children. And that's the modern approach to parenting is that you assume negative intent. And, and can you remember, even as a child, it's carried on through our entire childhood yeah. where people People misunderstand you. They misinterpret you. They think you're meaning to do something bad and, and you're just a little child and you know in your heart you didn't mean it that way. And you're so, so, I mean, I grew up thinking, I mean, having, feeling misunderstood my whole childhood because people were always misinterpreting my actions and my, what I was trying to communicate. Now that's cultural and that, that's just this whole belief of how humans come into this world. So when you kind of deconstruct the history as to why parenting is the way it is, you can understand. And I, I would encourage parents to let go of that whole concept, that whole idea. And instead, the truth is that children are born good. Mm -hmm. They yeah. are born, they are born good. And when you assume positive intent, instead of assuming negative intent, and you open your heart to understanding that children are doing the very best with what they know at the time, they truly are, that changes everything. Instead of being your child's trainer and needing to whip them into shape in, in various ways, no matter how gentle, no matter how gentle we're told to do it, there's no gentle control, there's no gentle authoritarian paradigm, and there's no gentle punishment. It's just all this weird manipulation to control us in an indirect way. And yeah. it's an incredible relief to realize this because it's healing for us as adults, as, as people to look back and say, I knew I wasn't wrong back then. I can remember the thoughts I had as a little child when I was being scolded over something I didn't do. I remember how wrong that was. Why did everybody think I was such a bad girl when I was just trying to communicate my needs? You know, when you can really look back at it, sometimes it's painful. It can, it can really heal you and help you understand with truly what children's intent is. And so those two pieces of advice will change you as a parent. Yeah. One, one being focused on the needs under the behavior instead of the behavior itself, instead of focusing on behavior modification and training your child to obey, let go of that whole concept. And also assuming positive intent instead of negative intent and knowing that your child doesn't mean to do things that may come off bad. They're, they're really just trying to navigate this world and figure things out. I mean, just like and, we are. We make mistakes as parents, too. That's what, I mean, just kills me is that we we uh, expect our children to look at our mistakes and, and, you know, have some grace for it. But we don't have any grace for them, you know, that they they're just as confused and stuff about life as we are. So, right. If not more so, we have way more experience than they do, you know, so it's like even more so that they should have more patience. And so to you're, you're totally right. I, I just think it's an epidemic of treating children badly and 
you know, it's funny because you see people all over assuming negative intent from everybody around them mm-hmm. yeah. and being and being really annoyed and mean about it. You know, if somebody holds the door for somebody and they don't say thank you, they get very offended. And kind of, I've seen people yell at people like, you're welcome, wow. you know, like <laughs> things like that. I, I've seen it just it's just those kind of negative things where everybody's a victim. It's this victim mentality, this assuming negative intent mentality. And this is how we cure all of that. Yeah. starts at home. It starts from birth. It starts with parenting. So okay. that is my main purpose in life. That's what I'm driven to do is help people understand this. That's beautiful. And and we do sometimes when we project that people are mean or evil onto them, we can end up creating that. Do you know what I mean? Like with our children and stuff. I remember as a child, I mean, people thinking I was bad. And then I was like, finally, well, maybe I need to be. I mean, if that's how you see me, then, you know, I got to live up to that <laughs> type of thing. I mean, exactly. Exactly. That's, it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a hugely important part of all this. Children behave as well as they're treated. Yeah. And as well as we assume from them. So they're mirrors to what we think of them at all times. So if you want to create somebody who is <laughs> doing these things, then, then assume they are and look at everything that way. And eventually they will believe it and they will become that. So yeah. Our thoughts are really powerful and how we interact energetically is really powerful with our kids. So this is something I love, love, love to talk to parents about one-on-one. I'm a peaceful parenting and unschooling uh, coach. So I do coaching calls all the time and it's my kind of side passion. So advocating for this life and then working one-on-one with people, with families is very, very um very, very important to me. Yeah. She's called the, the unnanny. <laughs> well, the, the unnanny, the unnanny thing's a little bit different. I can tell you about that. Oh, if sure. you want to hear about that. So sure. have you ever seen or heard of the show Nanny 911 or Super Nanny? Yeah. Have you ever heard of those shows? I've heard of Super okay. Nanny for sure. So it was probably 10 years ago or so I was, um, I heard about that show and I said, you know, we, I'm, I'm the unnanny. I need to go into people's houses and teach them about peaceful parenting and undo all this, all this awful <laughs> conditioning and and so forth that these British nannies are going in all strict and and really screwing up these families, even though they're making it look like they're helping. They're not. These kids are being treated so disrespectfully. They're crying on the show and then the show manipulates. And and by the end, it looks like everything's peaceful, but it's really not. The kids have just been beaten down enough. Their spirits have been crushed enough that they finally obey and probably just for the cameras. (laughs) But (laughs) so, so I said, I'm going to, I think I'm onto something. I I really want to want to do this. So I put it out there that I was willing to go into people's homes as the unnanny and help them learn about peaceful parenting. And so that's been something I've been doing for about a decade. It's gone. It's taken off. I travel the world doing it. People hire me and I go into their homes and spend, you know, two or three days with them and help them shift to a peaceful parenting dynamic. So I do the coaching over the phone or Skype. And then the next level, if somebody wants a much more intimate, in-depth, longer kind of immersion experience, they hire me to go into their homes as the unnanny. Before we go on, please listen to this message. If you enjoy this content, you can help us with as little or as much as you'd like over at patreon.com backslash the luminous mind. These funds help us to continue to produce illuminating content with needed equipment and resources to spread the message of changing the educational paradigm. We appreciate all the ways our listeners help us continue this effort through patreon.com backslash the luminous mind by expanding exclusive content giving away gifts, and giving patrons first seen gifts on patreon.com backslash LumaSmine. Luminous Mind with Dana Martin, who's creating a revolution of radical unschooling. That would be fantastic. I mean, there's so many times I think that I'm like, okay, I'm finally grasping this whole idea. But yeah, when you have, uh, when you hit up against a wall and you get some resistance, sometimes you revert back to the horrible ways that, you know, we, we learned about how to control people for sure. So 
I was just reading, recently reading, you know, Frederick Douglass's birthday was last month. And so I've been totally into all of his whole life. But he talked about how, you know, when he was a slave, the people that were religious slaveholders were actually, they, he hated those, <laughs> those people. They were meaner, they were crueler, and they did it all under the guise of religion and kind of whipping people into shape. But then he he was a slave for several southern people that didn't have a religious feeling. And, and it was interesting. The appendix of that book really does make you shudder to think about, you know, what is religion? How has it changed us to think that this idea of control is really the best way to go? And I'm not like like you said, I'm not trying to cut on somebody's religion, but we really need to think about how we are using those um devices to manipulate and control those people around us for sure so anyway yeah definitely just kind of go along with that um i'd love to hear how you feel like your paradigm has changed over time and with experience i mean when you're first holding that baby watching the columbine experience to what what you've done now with all your mentoring and things like that well, it's interesting because I think that my paradigm shifted right from the beginning. I, I just, even having a baby naturally with a midwife was really radical at the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of um, having somebody rescue me from from my baby, from birth, from the experience of birth, like our, and it wasn't this huge medical emergency that distanced me from him. And it was just something I did under my own power in partnership with my child. So um, it started at birth for me and it shifted completely in the, my whole parenting arena, it's it's shifted over time in other areas, like ex- extending to anarchism, for example. I, just everything. I, I, it's funny because when you live a life kind of on the fringe, so radical, and I'm at home all day doing mom stuff. You know, I love cooking and I'm a vegan chef and I have so many passions and interests and I'm so immersed in my kids' lives that I forget that what we do is so weird to people until I like leave and I go somewhere. And then I'm like, oh, wow, we are pretty crazy and radical compared to the average person. So my paradigm shift, I think it's always been within me. And I think it's just been more awakened and accepted. And I've just become an advocate for it. I I believe in it so strongly to live this way that I've never for a second feared talking about it. This makes perfect sense. And I know in my heart, this is right and true and in every ounce of my being. So and it's probably really difficult to be a mentor for people and to see their children just hurting and want to I mean, at least help the child, you know, give them a voice that the rest of the world hasn't given them for sure, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. And kids, we have a we have a YouTube channel called the Sparkling Martins. And so we have a YouTube channel where we make content for Maker Disney. And so we have hundreds of videos on our channel where we share about this life. There's tons of all of our TV stuff's on there, except for the wife swap episode. Like nobody can find that. It's disappeared somewhere. Um, but but we have tons of family videos and, and stuff. And I, so I have a, and it's a lot of it's geared towards kids. So I wanted to, in my advocacy, connect and touch with, touch on this kind of support for parents. But I also wanted to be out there for kids as an example and a voice of something different. So I have kids contact me all the time and teens that wow. ask if I can adopt them. <laughs> will you adopt <laughs> me? Will you be my mom? Like, because they get this, they, they understand that this is a speaking truth, offering them freedom and peace and, and respect is something that everybody craves. And it, it's really amazing how many kids get this and they're so receptive to it. So yeah. Yeah. that's, that's something that's really eye opening in itself that kids feel so alone. Uh, kids write to me that are suicidal. Uh, wow. It's kind of a regular thing. And how can I talk to my parents and and they, they don't let me do anything I want. And I hate school and I'm being bullied and I'm being hurt. And my parents are grounding me and I, and I can't have these things that I want. My freedoms are taken from me. And so it takes a lot for me to be able to connect with kids and not kind of break down myself in tears oh, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because it's, it's a, it's a straight up abusive. The authoritarian paradigm truly is. And so when you look at most of our culture has been abused and continues to be so, you can feel so alone because I feel like I'm the only sane one sometimes. I mean, there's you, there's, there's you and there's hundreds, if not thousands of other people living these types of uh, paradigm shifts. But man, is it isolating sometimes where you feel like you're going crazy because nobody gets it. So, so my, my purpose in life is to wake people up to these kind of things. And it's been extremely rewarding, but it takes a lot. So I have to take really good care of myself. <laughs> I have to eat well, exercise, 
yeah, constantly be evolving. Yeah. To deal with that. Yeah. I think it's no more clear. I mean, as I was uh, studying Dana, I got on and found an interview that she did with Brett Vanna on the School Sucks podcast. And he had a lot of the audio from that whole um, the ABC wife swap that you can't find anymore because the the 30 minute promo that they have on TV or on YouTube or wherever is actually showing you guys being a little more um, like your husband gets mad and whatever and <laughs> leaves the table, but they don't show her side. But on Brett Vinat's on the school sucks podcast, he had a lot of the audio and you could really, you can really sense the authoritarianism and how cruel it is compared to your type of style. And I think that that it's, I mean, when you, you can compare the two, all of a sudden, I think it, it just is glaring how horrible, you know, that is. And the children are so controlled and those type of things. And anyway, um, I don't know if you have stuff you want to add about the, the ABC wife swap or that experience in general, or love to hear about I mean, it. As far as the experience itself, it was, um, Something our whole family decided on together. If one of our kids didn't want to do it, we weren't going to do it. We wanted yeah. to all be doing it together. So we got paid to be on the show and everybody split the money. My son, Devin, at the time was, I think he was, was 14. And he decided to go to Peru with some friends for five weeks with his chair, which he did at the time of his life, the best trip he's ever had. Yeah. So the show That's itself cool. was, they learned, my kids learned a lot from the experience. And that was part of our decision in doing it is for the experience to learn about TV and, and learn how a show is made and to be part of something like that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And none of us regret it. The kids really enjoyed it. And actually just last night, I mean, this was several years ago that we did it because Devin's 18 now. So four years ago, um, we were talking about the crew that was here because they were here for so long. And we made friends with like the sound guy, his name was Mike. And the kids were talking about just, have, oh, we missed Mike. It was so fun to have him here. And so the experience itself of creating the show was really fun. Um, I had no idea where a crazy authoritarian mother that I had to do it. Well, she didn't, she wouldn't stay here. So she was really only here for filming when the whole oh. crew was here. So it really, she wouldn't stay at our house because I had a composting toilet and she was really like wigged out by it. And oh, anyway, wow. it's kind of a long story. My house huh. is clean. I mean, my house is pretty. It's clean. It's not like a place where you wouldn't want to stay. I think anyone that came over would love my home, but we have a guest space above Joe's workshop and it's a beautiful space, but there's no running water. There's a composting toilet. So she would have to come over here to use the shower and stuff. And it just really was not pleasant for her to have to do that. So she stayed at a hotel with wow. the crew, um, so, which was actually worked out perfect yeah. because, <laughs> because she wasn't very nice. Yeah. So I was just so grateful that it happened like that. Yeah, it was it was real. I mean, what you're seeing is really happening. And I think that's the interesting thing about reality TV, that although they set up the scenarios based loosely, well, they were based on reality. They said, are these scenarios OK that you do this? And, and But within the scenario, everything was authentic. So they set up a scenario like you're going to do this. You guys are going to have dinner together and, or whatever. And this is happening and just go here's the focus and just go with it. So everything that was exchanged dialogue wise was completely authentic. We were never fed lines or anything like that. But it was really emotional for me because the kids, you know, like, I don't want kids to dislike their parents in contrast to meeting somebody who's who's more free and respects them more. But it's what happens a lot. Yeah, with me. For sure. Yeah, You know, and, and so it puts me in this weird position to like, try to encourage the kids to be compassionate and understand why their parents are the way they are. And how do you, how can you communicate with them better to be able to communicate your needs? Because I think kids are so trained just to sit down and shut up that they never really open up to their parents. They're, they're people to avoid and to say very little to, and to kind of manipulate and lie to, to get what they're, what they want and to get their needs met and to have certain freedoms. So my goal is to help kids communicate with their parents better because they have the right to, and to kind of demand more freedom in a way, in a peaceful way. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time doing that with a 17 year old and uh, the nine year old as well. So that's great. Do you have any particular questions about the show itself that you were curious well, about? Well, and like I said, I haven't been able to see it because it's been pulled down except for that one clip. But so how do you feel like your relationship with that family that had this huge authoritarian mom? I mean, she wouldn't even let them close the door to their bedrooms and those type of things. I mean, how do you feel like that relationship kind of changed? I mean, like, what were the things they learned, I guess, from it? Um, I don't really know what happened after. We weren't, we not allowed to have any contact. So I don't know. I never heard from them again. Okay. I don't know what the impact was. But I do know that we became so close that 
the whole family cried when I left and they actually stopped filming because they didn't want to show to the extent that we were all so, so connected with me leaving. And there was one point where they were filming and the little girl who's nine, her name was Najia, said to me, I wish you were my mom. And the crew was all excited that she made that comment. And I told them, I said, do not air that. You can't use that. I cannot hurt another woman. I can't let a mom hear that. Yeah. And so like, I was really insistent and they were like, well, we were going to use it. And I'm like, you cannot use it. This little girl's going to get in trouble for everything I stand for. This little girl's never going to live that down. You can't have that out there for eternity. So they finally agreed with me, which is wonderful. I applaud ABC and WifeSwap that they were, they understood philosophically where I was coming from. And I said, you cannot air that for the sake of this little girl's like safety and freedoms that if she's, if that airs, she's going to be punished and she's going to be hurt for saying it. And she doesn't have the concept really of the permanence of that statement. And so there was a few things that would come up like that, that I really were was stood behind the children of the family that I was with rights and freedoms, kind of looking ahead, going, if this airs, this is kind of going to be bad for these kids. So I think that they loved me. The producers really loved me and we all got along, but I just had that little edge to me where I was like, nope, you're not, you guys can't air that for the kids. And, and they kind of got used to it by the end of the show. They were like, all right. All right. We know. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear maybe if you could give us some points about your book and then some feedback that you've received from them. You know, how are you helping other people be more successful? I mean, I just think like any author, you get a lot of comments about, oh, it's really helped me. It's changed my family's life. Just really sweet, sweet comments. So my book, Radical Unschooling, A Revolution Has Begun, was my first book. Um, But my book, Sexy Birth, is kind of a prequel to Radical Unschooling, even though that came out after. It shares how to live this life of partnership and connection with your kids from the very beginning. So it's kind of the, like I said, a a prequel to Radical Unschooling. In my book, Radical Unschooling, the chapters are how to nurture your child's passions, basic unschooling values, two steps forward, one one step back, which talks about (laughs) the very common way of going about things where if we're tired or hungry or not in the best space as parents, we tend to revert back to the way we were parented. Oh, yes. And yeah, yeah, we all do. It's just because we're so conditioned. It's so ingrained in us. We weren't parented this way. It's challenging to parent from the peaceful partnership-based paradigm when you've been parented differently. So our kids are going to have it so much easier being raised in a peaceful paradigm because they've done this from the beginning. Their thing to fall back on will certainly won't be what ours is. So it kind of talks about how it's so important to have that contrast and to parent in a way that you're not so happy with sometimes to experience that, to know what to do better next time. So that's really important. I talk about advocacy, respectful partnerships with other people, mainstream versus unschooling. So it's really a basic introduction to what unschooling is. My my book, Sexy Birth, is about birthing um, naturally. It's about birthing choices. It's about empowering somebody to give birth and let go and to, to work in partnership with their baby. So they're, they're both books that came from my heart and soul in writing them. And although it's really funny as an author, because I wrote Radical Unschooling so long ago, I'm, I'm not very all that happy with it, which is really common because my writing's improved so much since then. So yeah. we're, we're, our own, we're our own worst critics. So I think I'm going to do an updated version on the 10-year anniversary and, and really upgrade it and get it really pulled up to speed with how old my kids are now that I've raised kids this way from the beginning. And they're adults now. So I think that the world really needs that, that, next, that next edition I'll have coming out in about a year. Yeah. Well, and it would be fun to hear how your, you know, your child has transitioned into adulthood raised like this. I mean, I think you are giving us the the vision that we want to see, you know, that they all don't turn out to be, you know, horrible members of society or something like that because we haven't whipped them into submission. And so be interesting right. to hear that side of it too. So that's great. Definitely. Yeah. I'm happy to share about that. And if you want to learn more about my family, like I said, go to the YouTube channel. You can see what my kids are up to. My Devin, who's my, my son, Devin, who's 18 is a blacksmith and he's also a game developer. He's created a few games that's that, cool. Uh, yeah. And he's so, is a, he's an entrepreneur. And uh, my daughter, Tiffany, who's 16 is a professional model and she's a YouTuber and a musician. And my daughter, Ivy, who's 13 is once an aspiring makeup artist, a horror makeup artist, mind you, she's really into goth culture and she's always going to concerts and she looks crazy and wild. And <laughs> my son, Orion's like a total gamer. So I have a wide array of of children and experiences that you can learn more about through our YouTube channel. But I think the best way to really stay in touch with 
who I am and my life day to day and what I'm offering. I, I run a yearly conference. It's happening this May. It's in two months. It's called the Life Rocks Radical Unschooling Conference. And my son, Devin, and his girlfriend, Bonnie, who also lives with us, who was also unschooled, they're co-organizing it with me. So it's this amazing event for four, four days, four full days, five nights, where we come together with unschooling families and we have all kinds of entertainment and, and we have keynote speakers. This year I have David Rodriguez, who is protege to John Taylor Gatto. Yeah, and awesome. yeah, so he's coming and I'm speaking and a number of other number of other speakers and topics all pertaining to radical unschooling, peaceful parenting, anarchism, everything we've talked about here will be celebrated and talked about um, for over the course of those five days and tons of family activities. We have a dance for families, talent show. We have animals that are brought in from a wildlife sanctuary. It just goes on and on. So visit liferocks.com to find out more about that conference and sign up and come see us in New Hampshire. Um, you can also check me out on Facebook. Find me on Facebook and follow me because I post all the time and from vegan recipes to different speaking engagements. If you're somebody who wants to bring me to your area to speak at a workshop, even a small one or any kind of event, big or small, or you're interested in hiring me as the unnanny or doing parenting coaching, you can contact me through Facebook or through my website. That's awesome. I feel like um, we have come to different things in different ways. Like you came through it by parenting and raising your child into, you know, what how that changes the whole community. And I actually came from the other direction of like looking at how, you know, taxation is theft and those types of things. And then how I was actually like I needed to liberate my own family you know, first before before trying to hit the rest of the nation type of thing. But yeah. I, I think that's pretty awesome, like that the different ways that you can come to this. But I'd love to hear maybe if if somebody's listening to this and wants to improve their relationship with their family and to be able to have more of a loving atmosphere, maybe tell us some habits you think that we could start with in our personal life to help us come to this peaceful parenting. Well, I think first and foremost is taking responsibility for your own needs as a parent. I think that's hugely crucial. To be yeah, able to if if we're not yeah. happy, then we don't project that or help our children with that. As yeah, well, right. Right. And I know it's hard when your kids are really young, but it gets easier as they get older. But even taking some any time for yourself to nurture your passions and interests because we're living this life. Our kids, I want them to know that learning never ends, that learning is just part of life and that human beings, if they're not learning and expanding and growing, they're, they're dying and they're in pain and they suffer and there's depression and there's so many negative mm -hmm. side effects of not continuing to expand, evolve and grow. So I'm always looking for something new to do. Um, I remember when I started yoga a couple of years ago, that was such a fun passion. I was really into it. I, I love working out at the gym now. I do that with my daughter, Tiffany where she's a model, it's like really important for her to, yeah. to be in shape. So she inspires, she inspires me and kind of drags <laughs> me there sometimes and gives me a workout. I, I love the way it feels to work my body like that. Um, any kind of vegan advocacy, actually, my daughter Ivy um, is a vegan activist. And so we go to a lot of um, peaceful protest type of things. One is with a group called Voice for the Voiceless. So anonymous for the voiceless, I'm sorry. So that's her passion, but always, always nurturing those things within ourselves to be able to have a full cup. So it's overflowing so we can be present for our kids. That's, that's hugely important. Yeah, I think we've come full circle because I remember kind of talking about that at the beginning, you know, when you were writing your book, and how difficult that was with those little kids, but you really were modeling that. And that's, I think where we need to start with education or, you know, with this idea is just within ourselves of freeing ourselves and then work to help to free other people. I love the whole idea of the liberated learner, you know, of how we were liberating ourselves. And really that goes back to, I mean, we don't realize sometimes that we are enslaving other people all around us and that we need to be working just as hard now to liberate ourselves and then liberate those around us as well. So, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, well, I love how you came to this in a different way because I found that once I was really in the anarchist community, I realized that a lot of people were just like you in that way where they kind of came to anarchism first and then it started to make more sense for them to start at home. And so I've connected with a lot of people who either were never going to have kids or had no clue how they were, they were going to parent. And then when they heard my work and what I promote and what I do, they've completely changed their minds and are excited about being parents because yeah. parenting this way is really joyful. 
And it, it's a very different experience than parenting with a base of control, and which is very, very uh, unhappy. Taxi. It's a really negative. Yeah, it's a negative way. No, no one's meant to live that way. And so it hurts. It's terrible. It's a really unpleasant way to parent. So it's, it's not even fun for the oppressor. You know, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Exactly. It. It's not fun to control another human being all day, every day. And it doesn't it's not natural. It doesn't make sense. And what I'd love to end on is just to share with people that one thing I hear from people when I'm doing parenting coaching is that somehow they knew all of this all along that it's really important for me. I, I can't take credit for giving people this information because they know all of this somewhere within them. Yeah. And I'm just allowing them. Yes, exactly. This is truth. I mean, this is, this is reality. And I'm just a voice to give you permission if you need it, although you shouldn't have to, but you know, you do because you're conditioned like everybody, everybody else um, that you, you know, all of this and you can, you can live this life that you knew was right back when you were a little child and people weren't listening to you and people were ignoring you. And, and you knew that voice inside of you was saying how wrong it was to be treated the way you were and that you didn't have freedoms and you weren't respected. That little voice was you and you were right all along. You were right. That's awesome. Well, that is a great way to end. Again, we've been chatting with Dana Martin. She's an author, speaker, peaceful parenting coach, doula, midwife, anarchist, and raw vegan chef and owner of the raw vegan business, um, Rockstar. Her books are that we've talked about are Radical Unschooling, A Revolution Has Begun, and Sexy Birth. You can find, you know, more about her at DanaMartin.com. And can we connect with your YouTube channel there at DanaMartin.com? There is a link, yes, on the About Me page there. That's that's awesome. I will be sure to link it for sure. But And then also her upcoming conference, liferock.com. No S, right? Life Rock. No, there is an S. It's it's liferocks. Liferocks. Liferocks.com. Yep, that's what it is. uh, Con.com. Okay, awesome. Well, I'll be sure to connect all that information that we've discussed today on my website as well. But thank you so much, Dana, for coming and joining us and helping to light our minds on fire on these really important topics of peaceful parenting and unschooling. I really appreciate it. Uh, No problem. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Dana Martin, go to our show notes at theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list and help us continue production of illuminating content by sponsoring us at patreon.com backslash theluminousmind to get exclusive content Subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and now Instagram. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us, leave us a review, share our content. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education 